The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is just to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm delighted to welcome back to the show today, Barbara Berger. And Barbara, it's almost two years ago that you were first on the show. That's a bit scary, actually, October 2011. And on that occasion, you were talking about your book at the time, which was called The Awakening Human Being. So, first of all, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here, Peter. And how do you think the awakening is going for us human beings? Well, I can start with myself, right? Yes, indeed. (laughs) Um, I think it's an on and off experience for most of us, and especially for me. I mean, I'm awake when I'm awake, and then I'm lost in the dream when I'm lost in the dream. But I'm more aware of the fact that I'm when I get lost, so I wake up maybe a bit more. And that's what I see happening around me, too, uh, that we are we are getting more and more glimpses, more and more often, more and more people. Is that a good way of putting it? Actually? It's a great way of putting it. I think the word glimpses is a great word because I, I definitely feel that we are getting these glimpses into this other realm, this other world. And then, as you say, we drop out and go back into the 3D world, and, and those glimpses are... Uh, wanting to expand within us, I think. Mm, exactly. Once you get a taste of it, you cannot forget. It's. You, I think it's called. It's called going home, coming yeah. home, going home. Right. And you can never go back once you've had those glimpses. You you yeah. you are on the journey. Right. Yeah. So so your latest book, a great title. Are you happy now? So tell our listeners what led to to this one. Well, actually, this book. Uh, it, it wasn't my intention to write a book about happiness. It actually came about kind of by accident. Uh, it was I had a, a momentous birthday, and I was laying on my sofa one day thinking about... <laughs> momentous, momentous meaning a certain age, I assume. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We don't have to tell all our secrets right now. But no. anyway, I, I was just laying there thinking about um, now I was really getting old and, you know, all of the dramatic and amazing things I had experienced in my life and then all the books I had written and all, you know, being a spiritual teacher for so many years and studying the nature of consciousness and spirituality and all the things I had done. And I was laying there and I was thinking, well, after all that you've done, Barbara, what do you need to remember to live the rest of your life a little bit more happily? So I asked myself this question and I 
And I took out a piece of paper and I, and I started making my, myself a little list of what I thought I needed to remember to live the rest of my life a little bit more happily. And that, that I wrote down ten points. Those were the ten, the ten ways that turned out to be this book. And, well, maybe I'll just read them quickly. So I wrote down, um, number one, accept what is. Uh, number two, want what you have. Number three, be honest with yourself. Number four, investigate your stories. Number five, mind your own business. Number six, follow your passion and accept the consequences. Number seven, do the right thing and accept the consequences. Number eight, deal with what is in front of you and forget the rest. Number nine, know what is what. And number ten, learn to see beyond impermanence. So, so this was a list I wrote for myself and then I thought, Okay, Barbara, well, if you're going to remember this and if you're going to live by this for the rest of your life, maybe you should try to explain to yourself why these ten points, why do I think these ten points are so important? And so I started writing down, embroidering on all of these ten ways. And then it sort of dawned on me, well, this is really getting interesting. Maybe other people could also benefit from my little list. So I showed it to my publisher over here in Scandinavia, and she, she got really excited about it. And it grew into a book. So this is a book that, that really was born by accident. And it's been very popular over here, very successful. It was actually on the bestseller list here when it came out. So it seems that my, my little list has served quite a lot of people rather well. So when did you actually write the list? How long uh, ago? Uh, I wrote it in 2006. So oh, wow. Yeah, so quite a while ago. So, so the book has been out. It's already out in 15 other countries it's been out for quite a while so so now it's finally coming out in my own mother tongue finally in english so i'm thrilled to have it out but i did write it a while ago and and it's so, so having written it a while ago uh, how have you changed as a result of writing it and wanting wanting that intention to be happier or happy now how has it affected you well i would certainly say that the pointers in the book uh, my experience has taught me that if I actually follow my own advice, <laughs> if I actually follow my own advice, which I do sometimes, then I do actually feel quite happy. So, so it's really, um, again, everything that I do and all the books that I've written, they're really all different ways of working with consciousness and, and the mind. They're all awareness practices. or I mean, that's what spiritual practice is. So, so this list is all pointers to 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 stimulate your awareness of what you're doing right here and right now because it, this is a book about happiness. I mean, the book is "Are You Happy Now? How to Live a Happy Life." So, so what does it take um, to do that? And so, so all of these different practices—they're pointers that should lead you back to yourself, which is in this now moment, which is the only place where you can possibly be happy. So. So just, uh, you probably don't know this, Barbara, but just in terms of uh, this last couple of weeks for me, last week on the show I interviewed um, Deborah Laval, who wrote a book called Leap to Freedom, mm-hmm. and, and she'd gone into uh, her own issues around core guilt and really p- produced a beautiful but challenging book, not an easy book to read, but really got down to uh, the the issue around the illusion of separation and all the guilt that builds up in our life. Right. And so she was on last week, and now you've come on, and your book is a much easier, much more straightforward read, but it really backs on beautifully from last week to this week because you give the down-to-earth 
practical ways in which we can be happy now. So it's a lovely segue from one to the, to the other. And well, I, I think it, to, to embroider on what you're saying, the reason, why, the reason I think that this book is so practical compared to so many others is that it's a, it's a, really, it's a, it's a combination of the psychological and the spiritual. Uh, and, and what I'd really like to say about that, the reason why I think that this is such an interesting combination is that I have discovered, uh, because I work on a daily basis as a therapist and I meet so many people uh, through teaching and, and through my, my work with clients, that a lot of people who are into spirituality and who practice meditation and do all kinds of consciousness work, they often are still very challenged in their daily lives. Uh, and by that I mean you know, have have problems in their relationships, uh, problems with the day, you know, the daily, even though we're into spirituality, we still have to pay the rent, we still have to deal with our partners, we still have to deal with our children. And so this book is sort of an interesting combination of how do we combine uh, both the spiritual side of the deeper side of our existence with the, the everyday practicality of living and getting through the day, having having good relationships, and taking good care of ourselves in the world. And, and that's the feedback that I get from people. It's these two aspects, how they sort of bounce off each other in the book that's so interesting. And certainly for a lot of the spiritual people that I know, uh, financial security continues to be an ongoing theme for them. Mm, mm. Well, it seems to me that's true for a lot of people in the world. But definitely if you want to make your living, uh, pay your rent by doing, you know, being a healer or doing some kind of spiritual work or, or being creative. And in, in these fields, it's, it's very challenging. It really is. So let's actually, go ahead. There's actually a chapter in the book about that called, called Follow Your Passion and, and Accept the Consequences. And, and that's really talking to this, what you're just talking about now that, you know, that can we, the choices that we make, they do have consequences no matter what we choose. And, and when survival is an issue, you know, we have to take that into consideration. Uh, so, so, yeah, that's one of, one of the ten points, actually. So one of that's, that's uh, chapter six in the book. And, and one of the, the aspects of that that I became aware of um, very recently is the linear sequential nature of our um, self-imposed time restraints creates mm -hmm. this um, sense of people, other people's expectations of us. And the concern that you mentioned in the book in that particular chapter is mm -hmm. uh, not doing things because we're concerned about other people's disapproval yeah. of what we're doing. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, that's really one of the main things that sort of runs through the whole book, uh, finding out who you are and being true to that, which of course has consequences but that when we are influenced too much by what other people say, do, and think, it's very, very difficult to, to stay true to, to our core, to our mission, to, to our soul as a journey. What, whatever is our, I mean, you could call it our keynote, our mission, our, I mean, every one of us has its sort of a pathway, but we're, we're brought up in a society where we're, we're so used to um, listening to and trying to please others that it gets very complicated for us because of that. I mean, there's a whole lot in this book about being a people pleaser, uh, being worried about what other people think, how you're going to make choices, taking good care of yourself. It's very, very problematic for almost everyone. 
and that leads to a feeling of, of, of being trapped mm. the conflict yeah. between what you really want to do and what you think how your family are going to react how the culture that you belong mm -hmm. to are going to react mm, definitely it's definitely and it's also as as you know and most of the people listening to this program know that the more that you are sort of you're different or you the, the, the in a way, the more you become an awakened human being, the higher in consciousness that you become, there's less and less people, you could say, on the leading edge. So so if you are a people pleaser and at the same time want to please the majority of the people that you meet, it, it, you really get in conflict with yourself because it's difficult to do both at the same time. One of the really key lines I felt uh, in reading the book was, you don't need to justify yourself. Just explain that to our listeners. Well, I think that that's really, again, one of our, our, our really our big core issues, everyone that I speak to, and I know that I've struggled with that myself too, that if you, especially if you're, if you're different in some way, if your choices are not readily understandable <laughs> to other people, I mean, then the feeling that, that, you know, that you don't have a right to be you and that you have to justify your existence or what you're doing so that to other people's satisfaction. I mean, it's, it's totally hopeless. First of all, everybody has different standards and everybody has different stories about what, what is good and bad. So, so the thought that you have to justify yourself and your behavior and your actions to other people and explain it to their satisfaction, you know, it's really, really stressful. <laughs> I mean, at, 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 you could say in that sense we're really we're so blessed we we who live in the west that we live in democratic societies where i mean it's 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 written into our legal systems that that you know that we're free individuals and that you know you have a right to be you and i have a right to be me and as long as we don't interfere with other people's rights to be them I mean, it's, it's really interesting that our society is built on that concept, and yet in our private lives and in, in dealing with each other, we actually have quite, quite a lot of difficulties in understanding that basic concept that you have a right to be you and I have a right to be me. And, and that's sort of the, the nature of existence on this plane, that each one of us is, you know, a, a creation of the divine and, and that each one of us has a right to be here, you could say. And how do I know that? Because each one of us is here. But we're not operating on that. We have set, uh, This book is a lot about also the unrealistic expectations that we, we have to each other and to life because we misunderstand the basic nature of life itself. So that's the more spiritual part of this book, too. Yeah. You could say. The nature of mind and consciousness and how it plays out on this plane. So, Barbara, we're actually coming up to our first break, and we will return to that theme uh, afterwards. So, okay. it's, uh, we'll take the break now. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. 
Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness sufficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Explore subconscious programs, belief systems, and past life memories that may be sabotaging your life. Join host Dorian Light on her show, All About You, as she helps you to shift change and heal your life. Each week, Dorian does a light session using psychic energetics and the language of light to energetically shift and clear negative patterns you have stored regarding that week's topics. Step into the realm of infinite possibilities for your life. All About You airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com where you'll find my latest September newsletter and all the radio shows archived, which you can go either chronologically by date or you can go alphabetically. So if you wanted to listen to Barbara's first show on the human awakening, you'll find her very close to the top of the alphabetical list and listen to that show back from October 2011. So Barbara returns to the show today talking about her latest book, Are You Happy Now? And... We were talking before the break in uh, chapter six in the book about being concerned about what other people think in terms of making uh, right decisions for ourselves. And, and you made a, an incredible decision when you were quite young to actually leave your home country, which must have flown in the face of everybody that you knew at the time. So to tell our listeners that story. Yeah. Well, that was in the early 1960s, and I was 18, and uh, I grew up in Washington, D.C., and my father was a military man. He worked for the Pentagon. And, and that was, you know, the time when the Vietnam War was beginning. And um, I had a boyfriend who got drafted to go to Vietnam. And that was sort of in the beginning of, of, the, of the war where there wasn't that much of a protest movement in, in the United States. And uh, we, we, were, we were against the war, and we didn't really have any support, not from my family, definitely, and uh, not from his either. And uh, so, so we didn't really know what to do. Uh, we went to the War Resisters League, and at that time there was a draft in the United States, and the only way that he, he could have gotten out of going to Vietnam was uh, to go to jail for five, five years. So, so that was kind of, you know, a lot. And... Uh, he couldn't be a conscientious objector because you had to be religious to have that kind of a status. So, so we decided to leave the United States, and we went underground. We were actually underground for, for quite a while, for a year or two, and we ended up in Scandinavia, in Sweden, 
where we got political political asylum. So that's actually how I ended up living in Scandinavia because of because of a decision made when I was 18. <laughs> so when you look back at that now, I mean, were you on a spiritual journey already by then? Well, I would say that that was part of the reason, the way I got to be the where I am today. I mean, I, I learned at a very, very early age uh, that, you know, that life could be difficult and that you had to make choices and that, you know, how did you, how to judge and why were things so different? I mean, I started asking all of these really deep questions also because I was it was pretty much of a shock a trauma I was very alone I mean and, and sort of coming from this sort of very ordinary middle class background and suddenly sort of being thrown into the, the the cauldron of you know social change and the protest movement and the drugs and all those things it was like you know so so it was actually on that underground journey for many years where taking drugs and starting to, 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 to work with the nature of consciousness. So, so yeah, it's been a long road for me, I must say. And, and, and that, how, how did Sorry, go on. That also taught me at that time that, you know, to do the right thing is, is not always easy. It takes a lot of courage. You can't see the consequences, but that you know for sure that it will have consequences. But also the, the strong conviction that, that if we want to make the, this world a better place, it depends on you and me. In other words, we have to act. We have to be the change that we want to see in the world. So, so actually, that everything we do, if you know, everything we do is the revolution, is the change. So, so, so I knew that from the very beginning. So even though we were just two people, it was like we were stepping up to the plate because we believed that was right. And actually, when we came to Sweden, it was really very interesting. We were like celebrities when we got there. Um, it was like we were the voice of, you know, the, the, the young, the youth of America who were, because Scandinavia was, was against the Vietnam War at that time. So I suddenly became famous, and I wrote a book about it. We were on TV. It was like we became these... These, you know, these underground celebrities. So, so it was very, it was a very dramatic ex- experience. Also, to come there to a, to a new society and to be, you know, like on TV and a spokesman for the youth of America. It was like okay. And how did things resolve themselves with your family, with your dad in particular? N- never really did. Never really did. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. It was really uh, I, the last time I saw my father. Um, Right before he died, he he actually cried and said that he was so sorry that he hadn't hadn't understood me better and hadn't been more supportive. So that was that was really a big moment for me that he actually said that. But no, it, it never it never really worked out very well. And are you able to come back to the states now? Yeah, I can. Yeah, it, the the guy I was married to at that time. Well, you know, there there was a there was a pardon. Uh, I think it was President. Ford that, you know, there was a, afterwards there was a lot of young men who went to Canada, actually. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, and there were a lot who went to, to Scandinavia, and then there was this pardon that people who were draft dodgers, as they were called, that they could come back. So so he actually went back, and I ended up staying here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you never know, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Well, let's get back to the book, and let's. Let, I think some of the the first few chapters really are critically important in helping us to lead happy lives from from mm-hmm. lives that are, are quite 
quite restricted in many ways. So let's go right back to the beginning and just chat about chapter one a little bit, accepting what is. Yeah. Well, I think that the, the, the whole premise of this book is, again, this is not a book about, especially about what's right or wrong. It's a book about how to live a happy life. And one of the things that, that I've learned from my long life was that we have such unrealistic expectations to what life itself is and that that in itself makes us so unhappy. And this chapter about accepting what is is, a, is is actually an exploration of becoming familiar with the fact that life is an impermanent, so our lives in these physical bodies is an impermanent experience, just that in itself. To, to understand that, you know, that bodies come and go, that we, we get sick, that we age, that, that there's no permanent state in this body. Just to look at that and contemplate what that means and have an awareness of that, to me anyway, knowing that makes it much easier to be happy now. In other words, not to have unrealistic realistic expectations to life or to myself. So in that sense... Everything in the world is is relative to everything else, and is Absolutely. and is always changing. Absolutely. So, so in terms of the absolute, then what is that from your perspective? Well, again, if we if we if we look at the fact that everything that we can see, feel, touch, taste is changing, is impermanent. It comes and it goes. It arises and it disappears. Everything. I mean, including our thinking. Every thought arises and disappears. The only thing that doesn't change as far as I can see and what all the great spiritual teachers are saying is, the, is consciousness itself, the state of awareness. So, so when we, when we, when we want to look at what is the difference between the absolute and the relative, everything else is relative. Everything that arises and disappears, that's impermanent. It comes and goes. It's relative. And so if we base our happiness on things that come and go, which, is, which we do, and there's nothing really wrong with that, but to be aware of it so that we don't get disappointed when things change, that's the key as far as I can see. To enjoy it while it's there, and to, it's like the wave arises and disappears. And that then leads into, uh, actually we've jumped back to chapter 9 and 10, which is absolutely fine, but, but, it's, but it's really important that, to talk about this. Um, so in chapter 10, you talk actually about death, and, and you ask the question, is death dangerous? Can you explain why you ask that question? Well, well before we go to that, I just would like to finish what yep. we're, we're going sure. before. I think it's really important to, to say when we're talking about the difference between the absolute and the relative. In this book, I... About, it's a book about happiness, but I also, in the book, define happiness as there's conditional happiness, and then there's what I call absolute or unconditional happiness. And conditional happiness I define as the happiness that we experience when, you know, when something so-called good happens, or if we have a great partner, or if we have success in our job, or we have lovely children, or you know, we have success in our career. This kind of happiness, it, there's nothing wrong with it, but we should just be aware of the fact that it's conditional in the sense that it comes and goes. It's not something that we can control. It will change. And then I talk about what I call unconditional happiness, which I say is our true nature to begin with. That, that, and I define that as, as the, the, the joy of, or, or the, the, the joy of existence itself, the, 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 the awareness of our own beingness, you could say, 
divine bliss consciousness, Om Satyananda, it's, it's who we are already, it's our essence. And as far as I can see, and this is also important for, for understanding this book, that this is something that we don't have to create. It's nothing that, that we have to do to have it. In fact, since we already are it, we have to sort of figure out what is this that's blocking us from experiencing, you could say, the bliss of, that is our true nature. What is it that's blocking us from experiencing our divinity? And that's where all this relative stuff, the, the stuff, the expectations that we have to outer things that are sort of like, you could say like the clouds that are blocking the sun. Because the sun is always shining, but we don't see it if the clouds are in the way. And that's sort of when we get lost in the illusion or we get lost in the dream that we need to have all this stuff. So, 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 so again, this whole book is about the true happiness. That's what I'm trying to talk about anyway. And trying to say, how can we uncover that? How can we experience it? How can we be present with ourselves in that state? And in many ways, we, we are overlooking the joy of, of, of ourselves, our own lives, actually. All the time. I mean, that's one of the basic things about this book that I talk about all the time. And we, we we're so lost in the dream and the illusion about the things we, you know, I need the designer kitchen or I, I should lose more weight or whatever it is the story is that we think we need in order to be happy. And, and we, we miss the present moment. And we miss the now, which is which is the only place we can be happy and which is the true happiness. Because if we, if we really, I mean, as it says on the back cover of the book, what is preventing you from being happy right now? I mean, it's a really good question to ask yourself. It's a great question. That takes us into our next break, Barbara. We'll let our listeners contemplate that in the next now moments as we take a break. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you looking to advance spiritually? Listen each week for Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom. Your host, Medium Maureen Allen, will cover an array of spiritual topics aimed to help you advance your soul's desired growth. Each week, areas of spirituality will be discussed and explored ranging from strange, paranormal experiences to heaven spirit guides and angels to learn more about the other dimensions and how to better assist your path of evolution tune into spiritual enlightenment advancing one's wisdom every monday at 4 p.m eastern time 1 p.m pacific on the voice america seventh wave channel do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life come and join our heart-centered community with peter tongue and sherry chase Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. I just want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows, Sari Chase and Chase International Real Estate Company from beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada, and also Brandy, my producer from Voice America, and our regular engineers, Matt and Joel, for the fine job that they do in creating the opportunity for me to bring such wonderful guests to you so that you can go on your own awakening pilgrimage. And Barbara Berger is one of those special guests with us today. And Barbara, just before the break, I asked you a question that then you finished the, the piece before, so we didn't get to it. But right. I think it's an important part of the book, and that is in the last chapter you, you ask the question, is death dangerous? So just uh, tell our listeners what you mean by that question. Well, it's a really good question, isn't it? I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think that's well, the thing? It's the ultimate question, actually, because <laughs> I've spent a lot of time helping people make their transition from this life to the next, and yeah. it isn't what people think it is. No. Okay, so you have actually been present with a lot of people who have passed. Oh, yeah, absolutely, leading up to and their final moments, yeah. Okay. In what capacity? Just as a friend or...? Uh, usually people I've been doing some healing work with or f- sometimes family friends, family m- connect, people who are connected. It just okay. seems to be one of the pieces of, as a Scorpio, one of the pieces of my work is to not have any fear around this transition where most people struggle. So, so you're really the perfect person to answer the question. <laughs> so it's their thing. It's your book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is the question that we all ask. It's a, it's a universal question, isn't it? It's it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Yes. So, 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 so I mean, the, the, do we have any proof that death? I mean, death, death happens to us all. We know that, um, but we don't really have any proof that it's dangerous, do we? Well, for me, the, the the one piece that I do have is is the connection with near death experiences. Now, okay. some people would believe that they are not necessarily death experiences, but my experience of those people who've had it. It's mm. a pretty a profound uh, moment, mm. and having come back, they no longer have any fear of dying in the exactly. future. Yeah. Isn't, that one, isn't that a wonderful uh, comfort to know that? It really is, yeah. yeah. It is. It is. So, so, so again, ap- apropos you said we should we look at the part of the book about, you know, we tell, each other, we tell ourselves these scary stories all the time. So, so, so the death is dangerous story is one of those scary stories that we're telling ourselves all the time, because who... Who would we be if we didn't believe that? I mean, it, it would be, as you say, such a relief. And the people who come back who don't have that story anymore, their whole life is transformed, and they're totally transformed. So, so it's one of those stories that it's a good idea to look at, and we're sooner or later each one of us is confronted with it anyway. And what, what happens with those people in my experience is they, they start prioritizing their life much more carefully right. and thoughtfully in terms of what they really should be doing here. Right. Isn't that wonderful, too, that that's so liberating? I mean, again, that it's so liberating that it gives you a, a totally new view of, of what's important in your life. So, so again, it's, it's, it's a really a worthwhile thing to meditate on. It's like a second chance to, to really 
yeah. do what we've come to do, yeah. be what we've come to be. Yep. Yeah. And that's love, isn't it? Always. And as you indicate in the book, if you are indeed focused on death and dying and there's nothing else to come afterwards, that, that then you become fearful of life itself. But it's also, it's also a sort of we have to look at our, our body identification. I mean, we live in a society that's so materialistic and, and there's so much identification with the body. And, of course, if you really only think that your identity is your physical body, death would be very scary then. So, so I mean, looking at the eternal verities, being more spiritual, religious, or whatever you want to call it, to understand that we are more than the physicality, that is also so comforting. And that is, you know, again, we come to that. Who, who are we? What is our true nature? So, so looking at death is dangerous, it it. it, it forces us to question, to ask all these really important questions about life, death, who are we really? And, and, and having done so uh, and, and feeling the sense of what that is can mm-hmm. be a real peace of mind for the rest of your life. Exactly, exactly. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that the true happiness? I believe so. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I really do. <laughs> so, so personally, I think one of the most important uh, aspects of the book um, is inviting people to investigate their stories. Mm. So just talk a bit about that for us. Yeah. Well, well again, it, it goes back to the nature of mind and consciousness and the nature of life in this plane. In other words, there, there, there is the unfolding events, reality, whatever you want to call it, the things that are happening. And then we have our thoughts. We have the thoughts arising in us in relation to what's going on. And our experience, what we experience, that's determined by our thinking. So in other words, and you can, everyone can test this. I mean, I wrote that a lot about that in the previous book, The Awakening Human Being, that, that any event that happens, you can see that people have different interpretations of what it means, and therefore they have different experiences of the same exact event. So therefore, when we understand this, this mechanism, the nature of mind, we see that Things happen, and then we have our story about what it means for us, and that's what we experience. So if something happens and you think, oh, this is great, then you're happy. And if something happens and you think, oh, this is terrible, then you're unhappy. So, so the whole thing about investigating your stories, I mean, if you're perfectly happy in your life, fine. But if you're not happy, it's a good idea, in my experience, to investigate your stories. In other words, what are you, what are you telling yourself about this event? And does it have anything to do with reality? And does it serve you well? So, so that's really one of the tools I use a lot when I have clients to, to investigate. I mean, people don't come to me when they're, they're happy. They come to me because they're in crisis or they have a problem. And so what I try to do is to get the person to tell me, you know, what's the problem or what's bothering them about a situation. And then as they tell their stories about the situation, we can explore how much truth is there in this, how far is the story from the reality itself. I mean, often people who are unhappy, they are indulging in what I call catastrophic thinking. In other words, their interpretation of what is going on is really pretty far out compared to the reality of it. Or they'll be projecting into the future a story about what's going to happen to them where they have no evidence that this could be true. So, so again, investigating 
your stories about the things that are bothering you is such a great way of freeing yourself. And you talk in that chapter about the worry club, which I think yeah. all of us have experienced that. <laughs> you know, just think about how much energy we use worrying about things. In the, I mean, again, but it's also this whole mechanism of mind again, you know, how little we are present in the moment and how often we are, I mean, either we're projecting into the future and that's the worry or we're regretting stuff in the past, right, or feeling guilty about stuff in the past. So either one of those exercises are getting lost in illusion, you could say, because the future doesn't exist and the past doesn't exist. It's, there's only this now moment. I mean, also, if you really think about being present in the now moment, and if you could just drop your story just for a smidgen of time and just be present, how difficult it is to do that. I mean, how often do we actually, you know, stand quietly in the now moment? Not very often. And and you may make a great point in the book also about the fact that when you're focusing on something that happened in the past that made you unhappy, you're bringing it into the present moment now. Absolutely. You're bringing it back up, as it were. Absolutely. So, so one of the other great chapters in the book, from my perspective, is called Mind Your Own Business. <laughs> <laughs> Tell our listeners about that. I'm glad you noticed that. Well, <laughs> Actually, I must say, when I work as a therapist, too, that's usually... When I have clients, I, I usually give people homework, different exercises that they're going to work on until I see them next time. And usually where I start people is with this one, Minding Your Own Business. It's it's just, I mean, again, this is a book about how to live a happy life. So I have found, experience has taught me that a sure way not to live a happy life is to mind other people's business. First of all, it, you know, you can't control other people, and other people have a right to be who they are. And, and so, as soon as you're 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 using your mental energy minding someone else's business, uh, several things go on. First of all, when you're when you're, and again, when I say minding someone else's business, I don't mean just when we say things out loud. I also mean in our heads, like when we're, you know, thinking, oh, he should do that, or she should do that, or it would be better. If, that we're, we're mentally using so much energy out there that there's nobody at home taking care of us. So, so, so it has the, one of the big backsides is that we, we neglect ourselves. The other thing about minding other people's business is, but first, it's really insulting. It's not really respecting that, you know, that other people are also intelligent and other people are also the divine children of the universe and other people also have you know, the intelligence to solve their problems. And, I mean, there's just so much involved in this whole concept. Uh, so it, it really brings peace of mind if you, whenever you discover that you're out there minding someone else's business, that you, like, withdraw and, and you know, come home to yourself again. I, most people, when I give them this exercise, when they come back the next week, it's like, I say, well, how did it go? And they all look at me like, oh, my God, you know, I didn't realize how much energy I was using every day minding other people's business. It's really a shock for most of us. So one of the, the themes that runs through all of the chapters in the book is this uh, greater awareness of what our thoughts are and actually what we're spending our time doing all the time. Right, right. That's definitely one of the themes because then it's about living a happy life. So, so 
Are your thoughts making you happy? Do you have, I mean, what is peace of mind? I mean, peace of mind is, you know, a mind that's at peace with itself. So if you're, if you're mentally at war with reality, in other words, if you're resisting what is, if you're thinking other, thinking other people should be different is also resisting what it is. So, so any kind of mental resistance, uh, is in conflict with the thought, you know, peace of mind. They don't go together. So Barbara Ashley uh, coming up to our next break. So we'll take that break now and we'll return with Barbara Berger talking about Are You Happy Now? And there's so much to reflect upon in this book and in uh, today's show. So we'll take the break. It's Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I have with me today Barbara Berger, whose latest book, Are You Happy Now? I strongly, strongly, strongly recommend all of us should read. Um, in every single chapter in the book, we have some connection with. We've all been through these experiences, and some of them we can now look back and go, yeah, I get that, I understand that, and I'm beyond that. And others are still right there in our face now. But every single chapter, certainly in my life, um, I've experienced exactly what Barbara is talking about and ways in which we can resolve that so we can be really happy now. And I think I am relatively happy compared to many. Uh, and it's many by addressing many of the points Barbara's making, 
that has that has taken me to that place. So, Barbara, just give our listeners the opportunity to tune into your work through your website, through the book. Just well, tell people how they. I I just want to thank you um, for what you just said about the book. I really appreciate it. I can I, I can hear from what you say that that it really spoke to you, and that's I find that really thrilling. Thank you, Peter. Oh, my pleasure. Well, the book, uh, my website is Beamteam, www.beamteam.com, B-E-A-M-T-E-A-M.com. So you can go in there, and there are actually a lot of resources that you can download for free on that website. You can um, download a little book I wrote called The Mental Laws. You can download that for free. That's, that's a book that explores the way the mind works, the mechanism of mind. It's actually the first section in The Awakening Human Being. And you can uh, you can order the books on the website. Also, this new book, Are You Happy Now?, is available on Amazon and all the other sh- sites, but it's also available on our site. Um, you can read more about me. There's other stuff. You can do- download some meditations for free. And if you're interested in uh, doing sessions with me, uh, I, I would just like to say that I do sessions by Skype also. So, so. We live in this great technology era, so there's distance may is no problem anymore. So I actually have clients in Canada and other places far away. So so send me an email if you if you'd like to get in touch with me. I'd be thrilled to hear from you. And what and why is the website called Beam Team? <laughs> well, actually, if you go in, you'll see there's two people. We're a team. It's me and my son Tim Ray, and uh, originally people used to call me Barbara Beamer because I was always a shining person. Oh. And then Tim, Tim, he became the Ray. You know, I have actually another son, Mark Ray. So it was the Beamers and the Rays, and we were the Beam team. So, you know, oh, we're, here, wonderful. we're here to beam you up. <laughs> and it's a wonderful opportunity for you to be able to work in this field with your own son. Yeah, yeah, it's a great pleasure. So back to the back to the book, and a couple of things I, w- I wanted to, to, you to talk about um, before we finish the show. And one of those is when people find themselves in difficult or challenging circumstances or crises, you may want to call them. And there's a massive emotional charge coming along with this circumstance, this situation, and all these thoughts are arising, and the mind is completely cluttered, and and stuff's going on. How how do you help people? Uh, diminish that charge and bring themselves to a more peaceful place? Well, I think, first of all, it's, it, it's important to have the awareness of that we are not our feelings, that, that feelings and th- thoughts and feelings, they arise and disappear. Most of us are, are so afraid of our feelings, and especially of our so-called negative feelings. We feel that, you know, if we, if we, if we allow ourselves to really feel as bad as we feel, we'll be overwhelmed and we'll be washed away in a tsunami of, you know. But, but, the, but the reality is that the more we resist our feelings, the more we try to suppress them, they, they, they gain more power in a way. It's kind of like, you know, the steam in a pressure cooker when you have the lid really, you know, tight and the steam can't get out. And then you open the lid a little bit and it goes... Well, actually, our feelings and our emotions are like that, that if we allow them to, to have their life, they, 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 they sort of come out and they dissipate and dissolve. So, so the ability to, to sit quietly and, and be present with yourself uh, is such a healing thing to do, to actually to be present, to not resist the fact that 
I'm feeling bad. I mean, we've all felt bad many times in our lives, and we're still here, most of us. So, 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 so we have a fear that's really not based on reality, that our feelings are dangerous. So, so that's one way to be present. The other thing to notice is that feelings arise from our catastrophic thinking, from our stories. And so that's one of the other techniques in the book, to, to investigate the stories that are, are triggering the feelings. So that there are different approaches to deal with the fact that you don't feel good. The other thing that I think is really a big help, and that is to notice that that crisis is often the greatest gift. And usually when people are in the crisis and they come, they don't see that in the beginning, and it's the same was true of me, that, you know, that this is a good thing. But but often crisis is the is the open door to great, I mean, to, that's when people really start to look within. That's when people really, you know, they're feeling so miserable, you know, that they're willing to, to, to explore new ways and to investigate and take responsibility for what's going on in themselves. So, so crisis is often the greatest gift. So, so that's another thing that can be very helpful, you know, like, why is this happening? And what can I learn here? What is the gift here? A little bit longer view, you could say, is very helpful. One of the things you talk about, which I, I found extremely useful, is this idea of sort of detaching somewhat from the thoughts that are arising and watching yeah. them and yeah. allowing them, not stopping or blocking them, but just seeing what they actually are as they come up. Right. Well, that's also when you understand the nature of consciousness. I mean, again, so, 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 so the, real, the, the real key is the nature of consciousness. Awareness is the field the field of awareness, that's what we are. And in that field, the thoughts are arising and disappearing. And when you meditate and you start to understand this, when you start to see that you are the witness, you are the field of consciousness in which thoughts arise and disappear, that's the key to freedom because then you realize that you're not your thinking, that you can break this identification because it's identifying with the story that's the pain. When you don't identify with the story so much anymore, you, 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 you loosen yourself from the grip of that. And it's, that's where the real peace is. The peace that passes all human understanding, you could say. And we've only got a, a minute left, so I'm just going to drop in uh, to chapter two, which is wanting what you don't have. And I think it's another critical piece in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the chapter is actually, yeah, want what you have, because, again, being present in this now moment, and and if you say, what is it that's preventing you from being happy right now? It's wanting all the stuff that you think you don't have. So why not choose the opposite strategy? Since you've got what you've got, uh, you know, it's like also if we understand that that, that, that what we focus our attention on grows in our experience. So, So if we want what we have and we bless what we have and we and we focus on the goodness that we already have it's like wow that's a great way to become happy now and that's actually bringing us up to the end of the show barbara so it's a great place to finish <laughs> and uh, and and that 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 realization that we are in within ourselves all that we need to be happy yeah and that's and the we, bottom line isn't it yeah you are the happiness that you see so thank you so much for your wonderful gifts and your ability to put this so succinctly and straightforwardly into words. It's not an easy thing to do. We've done a wonderful job. 
Well, thank you so much for having me, Peter. I really, really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. www.beamteam.com if you wish to connect with Barbara, her book, and her work. And I do strongly recommend that you uh, read this book. So my guest next week is Jan Krauss-Green, I Call Myself Earth Girl, a really interesting novel in which this uh, baby with the golden eyes comes back from the future and is coming to let us know if we don't change our ways, we're in for some challenging times. Really interesting story, and I hope you'll join me for that. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.